Welcome back to day two of our month-long Halloween Story Spookathon. Today's story title says it all, so without further ado, I present, I woke in a dark room and something was in there with me, written by Michael Kelso, narrated by Black Rose Reads. Darkness engulfs me. It devours me like the creature I fear most. I try opening my eyes, but there's no difference. All I see is total black nothingness. It wouldn't be so bad if I weren't deathly terrified of the dark. At home, there's never a time when I allow darkness to fully overwhelm the light. I have night lights and security lights lining every hall and in every room. I'm never 100% in the dark. That is, not until now. I feel beads of sweat forming on my forehead at the mere thought of what could be lurking in the inky blackness that envelops me. Even the most mundane holds terror when you can see it, but your mind tells you it's there. A throng of spiders waiting just out of reach to make me its next meal. A pit of snakes that you dangle perilously close to the precipice. If you can't see, how can you tell if your eyes are open or closed? I reach down and press my hand against the cold floor that I lay on. I stretch out my fingers, laying them flat to feel it. The cold creeps into them, its tendrils invading my body like a virus. It feels like the darkness is digging through my skin, deeper down inside me to my bones, to my marrow, to my soul. I'm lost in this sea of gloom. I don't even know where I am. I'm terrified to make a move, lest I tumble over the invisible edge. I don't know how I got here. I don't know where here is. I have no idea why I'm here. Unless, as fearful as this mysterious place makes me, the thought of unless chills me to the marrow. The darkness has even set aside for a moment in my mind, displaced by the unless. It seems so long ago, and at the same time, it feels like it just happened. The deepest, darkest place in my soul. The thing I keep locked up tight, never to ponder, let alone discuss. The unless is untouchable. Only in my worst nightmares does my subconscious toy with the idea of the unless. No, I can't let it consume me. My thoughts running rampant won't help me to discover what this place is. I must do that first if the miracle of escape is even possible. I slowly slide my hand outward as far as it will reach, each micro-moment prepared to withdraw it if harm is approached. With my senses diminished, the only way to search for harm is to sacrifice my hand, like sending out a scout to see if the area is clear or the enemy is close by. My hand reaches its limit, unmolested. I change direction from straight out to an arc, feeling for anything like a one-winged snow angel. My hand discovers nothing, but the moment has stimulated something of my lost senses. I hear the sliding of my fingers on the floor's surface. It echoes back to me quickly. I try once again, faster and louder this time. The echo returns almost immediately. 
My mind absorbs the details and makes a conclusion. The room must not be very big. It augments the conclusion with the supposition that the floor is concrete. The smoothness, the cold, and the sound it makes all seem to come together. I test the conclusion by forming a fist and knocking on the floor. The sound and feel cement the hypothesis. As I congratulate myself on my deduction, I hear something. Having not moved, I don't think the sound came from me. It happened only briefly, and I wasn't listening for any sounds outside the ones I'd made. My mind replayed it and came to a startling conclusion. It sounded like a sigh, as if someone was my unwitting cellmate in this murky prison. Relief and despair fought a furious battle at the prospect of another in my company that I knew nothing about. Company in this tenuous place would be a welcome happenstance. It may even lead to our escape if we work together. However, if I'm here about the unless, then what horrid crime had they committed to be relegated to this torturous existence? Caution seemed the most prudent course. Perhaps my cellmate was unaware of my existence. Keeping it that way until I could discover more seemed a prudent goal. Armed with the knowledge of the floor's composition and the existence of a potential cellmate, I set about to gather more information about my surroundings. I rolled onto my back slowly so as not to make any noise that would alert the other to my presence. I then used my other arm to search for any obstructions within its arc. Finding none, I proceeded to move my legs as far to the side as possible, completing my concrete angel. Next on my list for this absurd exploration, I slowly rolled over onto my stomach, making sure to feel as far out with my hand should a sudden drop-off present itself unannounced and end my journey in the most horrific fashion. Finding nothing to impede my progress, I took the next step of taking my first step. As I did, my shoe brushed the floor, making a sound that under normal circumstances would barely be noticed. However, I wasn't in normal circumstances. The effect was immediate and terrifying. This time, there was no sigh. It was a low-throated growl. I became a statue as liquid nitrogen rushed through my veins. The growl was deep and throaty, like a lion's, only somehow different. Every inch of my being clenched in a group effort to stay as still as humanly possible. My hope was that this thing would think it had made a mistake and hadn't heard the movement of its next potential meal. It was more than a hope. It was the key to my survival. The problem was I was trapped in a position, kneeling on one knee about to get up. My knee on the hard floor was starting to complain and I knew it was only a matter of time until my balance wavered. I couldn't hold this position for long. I was already starting to shake from the effort. My balance was wavering. Beads of sweat formed on my forehead. I hoped it couldn't smell fear because I was throwing out waves of it. My legs were shaking. My knee was screaming. I had to make a decision. Do I sit back down or go all the way to standing? Whichever I did needed to happen fast before my knee gave out and I collapsed to the floor in a noisy heap. 
I decided to stand, putting one hand on my knee and the other on the floor. I pushed up and ascended. As I rose, my knee popped. It wasn't painful, but it was loud in this quiet room, so loud that it echoed back to me. I made it all the way to the standing position before I heard the growl again. This time, it was followed by sounds that were much worse. First was a sniffing sound, as if it was testing the air, searching for its prey. The second was the soft, yet unmistakable sound of a footstep. I didn't breathe as I waited to hear another. I listened for any sound, and unfortunately, I heard one. It was the thing's breath. It was long and slow, as if this monster's lungs were huge to accommodate a massive body. The sniffling continued, but the last footfall didn't come. Perhaps it was as confused as I was as to why it was here. I was never so glad about the darkness as at that moment. I was still terrified, but at least the darkness had become my ally for only a moment. If I couldn't see the monster, which was a blessing in itself, my imagination was already picturing the most horrendous, demonic thing that ever cursed the planet with its existence. But the darkness was a double-edged sword. It couldn't see me, either. If I stayed quiet enough, it might write me off as nothing more than a figment of its imagination. With only rhythmic breathing and no sound of pursuit, I took my first standing step away from the beast. With measured and calculated caution, I stepped away from the sound of my bane and felt silently and cautiously with the toe of my shoe to make sure there was a floor to step onto. My foot landed with the impact of a feather. I transferred weight to that leg and stepped with the other. With the lights on and no demon waiting to devour me, my motions would have been quite comical. As the situation was, they were anything but. I continued the arduous task of silent escape, listening intently for any change in the monster's breathing. Time had no meaning in this place, but if I were to guess, I would say it took me nearly half an hour to take ten steps. The eleventh step, however, was the problem. When I put my foot out, it hit something. I immediately froze. I couldn't tell if the something had been hard like a table or soft like another creature lying in wait for some poor stupid person to stumble into it. I drew my foot back and waited to see if whatever it was reacted. The darkness didn't abate. At times I considered holding my eyes closed. At least that would keep them hydrated. For some strange reason, it also seemed to help my focus. I listened for any sign that this object was alive and or about to devour me. After a few moments, the only sound I heard was my own breathing. I tentatively stuck out my foot and touched the object again. It was hard and unyielding. I reached out with my arm and also touched something solid. I felt around on it and bent down all the way to the floor. It was a wall. The rough texture and ridges told me it was made of concrete block. I reached as high as I could, even getting up on my tiptoes, trying to find anything useful. 
I explored the wall, feeling my way to the right until I reached a corner. As tempted as I was to turn and feel down this new wall, I knew it ended on the side of the room where the monster dwelled. I had no desire to approach that thing without light and a very deadly weapon. As much as my fingers had become my eyes, my ears became my sonar, staying tuned to any sound. To this point, there hadn't been much. That didn't last. There was a shuffling sound that made me freeze. It was followed by the sounds of scraping on the concrete floor. Its soft breathing had gotten deeper and steadier. It was getting up. I stood in my corner, not moving, barely breathing as I heard one soft footstep after another getting louder with each step. It was curious about the other side of the room, my side of the room. I had to focus, not to give it a strong smell to follow. I hadn't used the bathroom in hours. Not that there was a bathroom in here that I knew of, but I would have used the other corner and then never returned to it until nature called again. As the monster continued across the room, I could hear sniffing. It was hunting for me. My nerves told me to run. My mind told me to stand still. My bladder didn't care as long as it was emptied soon. The footsteps continued to approach. There was no doubt it was searching for me, and it would find me. My mind ran through every option available in a blindingly dark room, with a beast searching for its next meal that was slowly approaching. I hugged the wall and started towards the other side of the room. Common sense urged that I had no idea if there was another creature on the far side of the room, but there seemed to be no choice. As we continued our silent dance, I pictured the creature passing by as I slid along the wall towards its side of the room. When we had both reached the halfway point, it suddenly stopped. I froze and held my breath as it sniffed the air. For a long moment, it was totally silent. It seemed to be holding its breath as well, as if listening for me. I kept my eyes squeezed shut and focused on being totally still. My lungs were burning from holding my breath. I knew I would soon spew out the stale air and gulp in fresh. I also knew that would be the end of me. The creature would know I was here, and it would use the sound to track me down and tear me to bloody shreds as it devoured me. The countdown had begun in my mind. It was a matter of seconds until my lungs gave out and I had to breathe the last breath. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. I heard a footstep. The creature was moving again. I held my hand over my mouth and slowly exhaled, then just as slowly inhaled. It was difficult to keep my oxygen-starved lungs from demanding more air, but I was able to catch up quietly without breathing so hard as to make noise. I continued on my perilous journey towards the unknown, carefully listening to the creature also continuing its journey. As I reached the corner of my nemesis, fear gripped me as I stepped on something soft. I waited for an attack that never came. Slowly, I reached down to explore this newfound softness. It was hair. 
soft fur, the kind that an animal would shed. All my suspicions were now fact. There was an animal here. It wasn't just my imagination. My fear and anxiety were fully justified. As I made my revelation, I heard my nemesis reach the far wall and bump into it. It began sniffling in earnest. It must have caught my scent. It knew I was real, too. The sniffing was getting closer. I allowed myself a moment of panic before the realization that the only thing I could do was continue my course around the room. I made my way through the blanket of fur and headed for the far wall, feeling as I went for the one thing that may hold my potential rescue. A doorknob. So far, there had been no indication of a door whatsoever. I prayed that the unexplored wall would remedy that. I continued on this insane and deadly game of ring around the rosy, stepping up my speed as much as possible while staying silent. It's one thing to know you're being hunted. It's another thing altogether to ring the dinner bell by giving your position away. As I was counting on it becoming confused when it circled back to its own nest, it was still as dark as ever and apparently this thing didn't have any better night vision than I did. I reached the far corner and hope surged through me that I would find a door. My escape seemed imminent. I stepped up my search going faster along the wall, but also feeling as much of the surface as possible in search of the desired door. My hopes came crashing down when I reached the next corner without finding anything. It couldn't be. It had to be here. How else did this demon and I enter the room? My despair crushed me like a ton of bricks. There was nothing left to do. This thing would eventually catch me. There was no escape. In the middle of my pity party, I noticed something. The room was silent. I couldn't hear it sniffling. I couldn't hear it breathing. I had no idea where it was. I tried to keep my breathing under control as panic washed over me. There was nothing to do but wait. In the darkness, I felt something soft brush against me. It had found me. The subtle growl was no longer across the room. It was right here, in front of me. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I felt a river run down the inside of my pants as my bladder finally gave up the fight. A sharp claw ran across my throat. Not hard enough to cut but enough to let me know I was about to die. I couldn't take it anymore. The darkness, the silence, the menace. I screamed at the top of my lungs. I screamed over and over. It wasn't even words, just primal sounds that escaped me. Every wail as a baby, every cry of pain, every shriek of fright as I woke from a nightmare. I let them all out. The screams of my victims as they suffered at my hands. The screams of their families as the court sentenced me. The screams inside my mind in a cell alone, thinking only of the unless, the unless, the unless, the unless. Suddenly the lights came on. I covered my eyes to ward off the brightness. As I slowly adjusted, I was able to look around the room. The creature was gone. No, it couldn't be. 
I looked over at the wall where I had walked through the fur, but there was none. I looked all around, but there were only blank walls. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I turned round and round, but it was gone. Had it ever really been here? A door opened and two large men dressed in white came in. No, I screamed. Don't come near me. It'll get you. They marched across the room, oblivious to the danger, and picked me up. It's time to go back to your room, one of the men said, picking me up under the shoulder. The doc says you've had enough therapy for today. Did you see it? I said. They carried me without answering. We came into a hallway that stretched forever. I tried to look back at the open door. Don't let it out, I said. You've got to keep it in. They didn't bother to look back, just continued down the hall. I turned and saw it peek its head out of the room. No! I screamed. They didn't stop, didn't slow, just picked me up so my feet dangled off the floor until we reached a room. They unlocked it and set me on my bunk. You should probably get cleaned up, one of the men said as I tried to get up, but he held me down. You know how this goes, he said. You stay on your bunk until we lock the door. The second man backed out of the room when the first man released me and followed him. I ran for the door. You don't understand. It's loose. It'll kill you all. They turned and walked away. No. I screamed at the tiny window in my door. I pounded on the door for a long time, but no one else came by. Maybe it had already gotten them. Maybe it would come to my door and peek in my window with blood dripping from its mouth. I stepped back from the door, feeling exhausted. I looked over at the tiny shower stall and did what they suggested. Everything was built into the wall. The shower, the sink, the table, the bed. There was nothing I could use to hurt myself or defend myself. After I took a shower and put on fresh clothes, I sat at my desk and wrote what had happened with the monster. When I was done, I'd laid down, hoping to be able to rest. At the appointed time, the lights went out. The darkness engulfed me. It devoured me like the thing I fear most. I lay there with my eyes open, waiting in the black nothingness. I heard it, a soft growl. Well, Rosebuds, I hope you enjoyed this story. If you did, don't forget to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. It really helps us out. If you'd like to read more by author Michael Kelso, check out his other work. I've posted a link in the description. And we'll be featuring another story by Mr. Kelso further in the month. So stay sharp and keep a lookout for that. In the meantime, I highly suggest you look into his other stories and his novel that he's written. All right, Rosebuds, that's a wrap. Until next time, which is tomorrow night, take care and stay creepy.